I have a very fortunate opportunity in my life because besides, you know, when I'm doing this, what do you for actually my full-time work is I actually do legislative research. And mostly what does that mean? It means I'm talking to business owners all day long about politics. And, is, you know, essentially because I had an incredible lady today, just, uh, just uh, loves the country, I'm terrified about what's going on. She's got grandkids, terrified about where we're heading, and, and, um, but also afraid to speak up. Afraid of of being of retaliation. Afraid of, for example, what happened to you. Yeah. Um, what would you tell this lady? What would you tell some of our listeners who, who say, boy, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, I don't want that to happen to me. Like, I, I don't want to get like I see other stuff. I don't want to be the loud voice. I don't want to be the first one. You know, it's I don't want them to have the F, the IRS or you know to target me. What would what, what message would you have to for some of these people? The Apostle Paul says that if we are living a life in Christ Jesus, we shall receive persecution. And so I, ask, I would ask you that if you're afraid of that, are you afraid of your testimony of Christ? Or are you willing to stand up for the cause that he fought for and that you fought for to get yourself a body in the first place? Because that is something that we're responsible to stand up for now. And are we going to be willing and proud of or pleased with the efforts that we need to report to our Savior on the other side? Or are we going to be able to just bow ourselves and, and say that we were too afraid? that we weren't willing to pay the price to get liberty to, to, that we fought for before we, we came here. And that we, we just need to have that, you know, our lives are, there's something worse than death. And that is standing before my Savior saying, I could have done more and was too scared to. And welcome to We Are The People Radio. This is your host, Jason Preston, and again with my beautiful co-host. I'm not Tom. You're not going to tell me your name? <laughs> I'm not Tom. I'm not Chelsea. So She's the one and only with yes. Alexia Preston. Yes, it's good to be back with everyone. Everybody misses you when you're gone. You're, you're the star of the show, so we're, glad, we're glad to have you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, well, we've got a great... We always have a great show. We always say that. But uh, today, today actually is something that, that was uh, actually one of our fastest pulled off shows because of something very relevant that happened here in Utah that is, it is become, it is seeming like it's becoming more and more of a reality that the government is starting to target patriots and, and Americans as, as the biggest, as the biggest threat. Uh, you look at January 6th, you look at, you know, the FBI shooting of the guy in Provo, uh, you look at, you know, you had the president stand up with the Marines and say that anyone who flies to come and take it flag is, is a domestic terrorist and a threat to the country. Moms. Moms showing up at school boards. Uh, Those white Christian nationalists. Right. So at what point, and you look at even down in Blanding in the Four Corners region with uh, Dr. James Redd when the government went after him and he ended up losing his life over it. I mean, so at what point... Do we stop and say, is everything okay going? Is everything okay? It seems like it's been going on for a while, but it's almost re reached a fever pitch lately with how brazen it's been. Yeah. So, uh, so we have today an incredible guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him? Then we're going to jump, let's jump in and, and let's get into this. Excellent. So, we are honored to have with us today Ben McClintock of the Tree of Liberty Society. 
Uh, ben has strong roots in the Liberty Movement. He is a founder as well as a membership coordinator and investigative reporter for the Tree of Liberty Society. Prior to that, he was a coordinator for the John Birch Society and a co-founder of Defending Utah. Ben has been featured in USA Today, Fox News, and many other regional newspapers throughout the West. He's a popular popular guest and regularly appears on radio programs like the nationally syndicated Kate Daly Show, who was actually just censored and pulled herself. Uh, Ben has also recently co-produced the popular documentary, The 12th Article of Faith, must Christians obey the government? Among many others, which he can, which can be viewed here on or on the Tree of Liberty website, uh, with over 15 years of experience in original research, writing, speaking, and organizational leadership, Ben strives to have a strong foundation and understanding of freedom to Tree of Liberty Society and all of its members. So, welcome, Ben. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah, Appreciate the opportunity to share this with you. Yeah. So. You know, Ben, I've been a big fan of yours since, um, I mean, for a while, uh, you know, really since we came back to Utah in 2017 and uh, from Florida, and I was, you were with Defending Utah at the time, and, and uh, I was really impressed with you guys. You guys, I mean, you, you guys honestly red-pilled me on the Utah stuff. Like, I, I was pretty red-pilled on, on what was going on federally, but I had no idea what was going on in Utah uh, I mean, you guys get into Alta Club, and you, you we go through the whole history of Utah, and and I, I it was absolutely to me. If in fact, you know, for our listeners, if you're not following, you know, Tree of what it's Tree of Liberty Society, Tree Correct. of Liberty Society, defending Utah. These guys are the OGs. I mean, these guys have been doing this for a long time. In fact, when we decided to run for office, um, <clears throat> our whole thing was to go after the Utah Deep State and to go after election integrity and all the issues that were not popular. And so for me, the reason you guys were important is you, you can't go to battle and not know who the enemy is. And so shortly after we decided to run, I actually reached out to these guys and said, you know, tell me, who, to, who can I trust? And that list was pretty small. <laughs> I think you said no one. And if you're in it long enough, we probably can't trust you either. <laughs> yeah, I think he did say something like that. But honestly, like, uh, I really appreciate it because it helped me really avoid a lot of people who I probably would not have seen found notice on my own who might have further sabotaged me. We got sabotaged anyways, but yeah. would have further sabotaged us. So anyways, I want to appreciate what you're doing, but uh, I wanted to, before we get going, I just want to sh- give a shout out to Castle Rock interior uh, flooring. Uh, this show costs money to produce. It's, uh, I mean, and I, and I want to just give just absolute appreciation to Castle Rock and, and uh, for standing up, for caring about freedom, to helping us get this message out in doing a way that's professional, and it was our whole mission is to is to get the message out in a way that's credible and professional. And we couldn't do that without uh, the team at Castle Rock Interior Flooring. So they're down in Norman. If you do need flooring, especially tile, those guys are absolute rock stars. You can look them up online and uh, give them a call because they're incredible patriots. And I just believe in supporting patriots. So, and last thing, make sure you're following us, especially on Rumble. Uh, most of our followings on YouTube, but YouTube doesn't uh, like to play nice with us. They keep giving us strikes. They're not wanting to you know help us out. So. Please follow us on Rumble, and that's where the people UT, same as Instagram. Okay, enough said. Let's let's get going in this. Uh, <clears throat> I really want to start this off because I think, to me, around the same time, and, and we're going to get into Ben's story because Ben's story, Ben's story is to me, it's a wake up call to, to Utah. At what point do we realize that our government has been hijacked? At what point do we realize? when they are going after moms, when they're going after people like Ben, when they're going after people who show up, who went good Americans who showed up January 6th, 
um, when they're targeting these people, when they're targeting people who fly certain flags, at what point do we, do we at what point do we say hey, there's a problem here and stop having our head in the sand, just ignoring it? And I want to I want to start this Ben uh, by playing this clip uh, from Fox about um, this came out just right around uh, I guess the day before Thanksgiving, and. There was not enough air marshals, and, and there were some threats for terrorists, and they're like, well, we don't have air marshals on the planes. Um, well, let's, let's play the clip. Let's play the clip. <laughs> All right. The woman speaks. Let's do it. Illegal immigrants, are, we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the national capital region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. So you're saying that air marshals are now following people that were at the Capitol uh, on January 6th, and they're not tracking terrorists at all? Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capitol region. So if anybody was there for uh, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? Some of them do, because when they go to the airport, they get the quadduses on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted, and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty, and we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if you are an average passenger on a plane, how concerned should you realistically be? I think I think you should be very concerned when you're boarding the aircraft. You need to look around to see who you might be able to to ask to help you like a good Samaritan. So, Lexi, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's interesting looking through Ben's bio and, and the website and the content you've been producing for the last several years. My first instinct is, wow, what, what a great service you're doing to this state, you know, it's educational. It's, it's hardly what I would call inciting, um, you know, without even touching January 6th and what we're dealing with on currently, you know, I think how can you jump from being a steward of, of or an educator to telling people what's going on in the States to being a, a potentially violent terrorist? What, where do you bridge the gap between the two? Uh, and you see what's happening on planes now, and you see this happening more and more. We'll get into what happened in Provo, uh, I think it was over the summer, several months ago. But you just wonder what's happened in that time between however many years ago where you could fly without even going through TSA uh, before September 11th, and now we're actual terrorists for doing investigative work, doing educating work, showing up at school boards, being what it means to be participating in society as as a concerned citizen. Yeah, so, and in the main part of the show, I wanna get into, and we're gonna hear your story, but when you listen to that, Ben, what sticks out to you? 
What, what concerns you about that? Well, just the, the blanket dragnet of trying to just say, oh, if you're anywhere within something, you're automatically a suspect, as opposed to there's got to be other rounds of evidence that just totally destroys the intention of the Bill of Rights of the Constitution of innocent until proven guilty. You're basically, you're guilty until you're proven innocent if you've done something as simple as flying to a place where something happened. I mean, that's just mind-boggling. Yeah, I just find it, I mean, it's, this is insanity. We have terrorists. We ha- the, the border, you know, we just had the show with Michael Yan, and the border is being invaded. Chinese nationals, people, we have enemies from all over the world invading our borders. Uh, terrorists who are coming in, who are, who are pl- planning on wrecking havoc on this state or this country. And to find out our air marshals, are their, their number one focus right now is people who, you know, conservatives. Well, it tells you who the real threat you know, to them is. And, and it also tells you what we're going to be facing just as a normal person trying to go on vacation or on a plane soon. I think this is just a touch of what we're going to start experiencing in everyday life. Even when we were coming back, we had a, a, a quick trip uh, out of the country, and I'm sure this is domestically as well. But they wouldn't let us off the plane until the, I don't know if it was a drug sniffing or a bomb sniffing dog, uh, sniffed every single suitcase. And most of them were torn through on the tarmac right there by um, Border, border Patrol. Wow. Um, Even after going through all the TSA stuff. Yes. Yes, they would not let us off the plane. And then once they tore through every single bag on the jet bridge, the dog and police were stationed there too. Um, so exactly, after you've already been through security. So we're thinking, oh, what a hassle this is. But it's really much worse than just a hassle. It's a complete invasion of privacy. It goes against your rights. Exactly, you're, they're trampling on the Bill of Rights. So where is this heading? What is this leading to? Just for an everyday citizen and not someone that has a platform to speak out. So, Ben, um, this, this was obviously on my mind uh, on, on Thanksgiving, this, the, this, this, you know, finding out that they're not going after terrorists, that we are the terrorists. Mm-hmm. That, anyone, that mothers that speak up at school board meetings are the terrorists. Uh, and, then, and then, when did you release your video? Was it the day after Thanksgiving? No, it was uh, Tuesday the 28th. Okay. And, and w- so after seeing this and then hearing your story, I was like, this is, at what point do the people say we have enough is enough? At what point do we say the government whose sole responsibility is to protect our God-given rights is now acting in many cases as, as, as the, the, the threat to our liberties? But I think we need to back up here for a second for our viewers who don't know what happened. Yeah, so, so let's go ahead and w- would you mind sharing your story with us, with, with our listeners about what happened to you and why you're here today? Well, I think this just, before I get into that, I yeah. think that this goes really well with Governor Caillou's comments <laughs> On um, him, <laughs> um, going saying that this it's a what we're doing here of causing distrust of government is the biggest threat to our democracy. That's right, and so they're not afraid of so you know of of people coming across to do physical damage. They're afraid of us challenging their authority. That's the threat to them, and so I think that's that's what's really going on here. And so you know it's interesting because that's the same thing when uh, Lieutenant Governor. Uh, Dieter Henderson. 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 When she <laughs> was challenged, when she was challenged by uh, Chris, or excuse me, Steve Christiansen, Representative Steve Christiansen, when he challenged, you know, the state about all the f- apparent flaws with our elections, her response was exactly that: that this is a threat. People questioning our election integrity is a threat to our democracy. Yeah. 
And so you have her and, and Governor he, him. Yeah, it's, it's, they're all pushing the same line, which is if you question the government, you are a threat to, the, to our democracy. And, and mainstream, uh, mainstream media, too. That's what they parrot is this threat to their democracy. These are the buzzwords they use. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, did so you want to go hear, into Yeah, the, well, I want to hear your story. What happened on Monday or I what want, happened? I, want, I think I want to hear your story. Let's take us Start us at the beginning because you had a phenomenal, and if you haven't uh, seen it, you will, we'll, uh, I'll have we'll you share your links yeah. where, where they can find your content. Uh, but, but, yeah, your story is phenomenal. So I, I would like you to start at the beginning. Okay, yeah, back in uh, 2016, um, we, we were heavily involved with what the Bundys were doing and talking to them and working with them. And then there was a, a bill the legislature passed and voted on. And because, you know, they, in, they pass or they, they vote on or introduce 1,300 bills on average every year. Can you imagine trying to read all those? Not going to happen. And so one of these bills that we found after it had passed and looking into um, being, we wanted to get it vetoed by the governor because it had already passed. And so what this bill did was it created a, a it got rid of the Bureau of Land Management, the, BL, the BLM, and replaced it with a new DLM, Department of Land Management, where this individual would be appointed by the governor, and he would be allowed to write laws, he would be allowed to enforce the laws that he wrote, and then he was the judge to see if you violated the laws that he wrote. And so this, and so we, we really got this, this thing went viral. People were going nuts over it for good reason because they didn't know about it. And everybody that voted yes on it was like, oh, well, my buddy said that it was a good bill. And so that's why I'm going to go along with it. And so it went pretty viral. And uh, the legislator at the time, he's no longer there, Mike Noel, and his sheriff, his son, who's a sheriff of Beaver County, um, I found out through a couple of other uh, mutual uh, acquaintances that they were going around looking without a warrant into the DMV records to find out where I work, who I, you know, where I live, all of that kind of stuff. Just because I had issued a video exposing the language of the bill. And it was going nuts. And so people were, they, they were trying, they were on just kind of high alert to try and debunk the things that we had said. But because we simply read from the bill, you can't really debunk language that's in the bill. Verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were just going crazy and they were really afraid of that. And so um, that was kind of the, the first thing that uh, started to happen. And then I have, um, I didn't mention this in my video. It's like, okay, afterwards, there's just all these different things that I remember was for about a year, I was getting pulled over once a week, just, you know, randomly. And just for stupid things, things that weren't even legitimate, I got pulled over and given a, a ticket for not having insurance. But if that's legitimate, they're just going to steal your car. They're not going to even give you a ticket. And so um, I go and I show up and the judge isn't there. And then I go and then I miss the next one. And then I, I go back the third time and uh, he didn't, dismisses the ticket because I'm able to prove that I had insurance. And I shouldn't have gotten the ticket in the first place. But he's like, okay, I dismissed that. But because you didn't show up last time, I'm going to give you a $100 ticket for that. It's like, I shouldn't have been here in the first place. And then um, over Easter weekend, the uh, Utah Sheriff's Department uh, blocks my driveway with a DUI checkpoint for the entire weekend. I'm out in the middle of nowheresville. And, um, and, and, and so I, to be able to leave my house, to be able to come back home, I've got to go through this checkpoint. And you're and you're in a remote area at the time, two miles so away from like my newest basic, neighbor. So basically, it was like a, a checkpoint just, just for, for you. you, exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Do they have any reason to suspect you might be this type of I don't know binge drinking? Drug oh, I'm using. just a total, you know, just a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, there's no. That's not what I do. It's not. There's no evidence to say that so I would no, do that. Not even probable cause. No, at this no, point. of course not. It's, I mean, if there is, do you have a. Who else would probable cause as a DUI checkpoint in front of the house? I mean, that's just, it's insane. Yeah, maybe some Hollywood celebrity on house arrest. <laughs> yeah. Even then, I don't think they do. Yeah. And so um, you have that. And then um, 
a year or so after that, I have um, my house burns down. And so, you get the photos of that? Do you yeah, have a photo there? Yeah. And so... Let's put those up on the screen. Yeah. So here's the... Um, we have... I don't know if you can see that, but you'll have that on the screen. This is the satellite view of my house in the middle of nowhere um, that had the DUI checkpoint. And then here I had uh, my whole family out. I've got nine kids, and uh, they were at home alone without me. And so I find out about it and, and just try to dodge home as fast as I can to be able to get to them because by the time they would found out about it, uh, the phone lines had been burnt down, and there's no cell coverage out there. And so my daughter, uh, who was... I think 15 at the time, had to walk about a foot of snow for about a mile to be able to flag somebody down to... Uh, Do you suspect it was foul play? Well, that's the interesting thing is the next steps, right, is, is the, the fire Insurance. department comes out and they refuse to put out the fire. And why, then... Why? On what grounds? They didn't say. They just were like, okay, we're here to make sure it doesn't spread. And then the next thing is, is they refuse to do an investigation. They refuse to answer any of my phone calls to try and follow up with them about it. Um, you have none of the, you know, whenever there's a house fire, you see it all the time in the news, the news will cover it. No, no coverage. Red Cross refuses to offer any or provide any assistance after I reached out to them to help us out. And, um, you know, what, was it something more than that? Uh, you know, we, we don't know there's, because there's no investigation. And insurance didn't do their own investigation? And so uh, um, the, the house was paid for, and so it didn't require insurance. And so, you know, not being smart, I didn't, we didn't have insurance at the time. And, you know, you, you live and learn. And so it was basically you had to start over from scratch. Wow. wow. And so, yeah, the insurance didn't, didn't do an investigation because there was none. So nobody did any kind of investigation. I've talked to police, I mean, fire chiefs, and they said that that's extremely out of the norm. It's kind of it's pretty crazy not to do an automatic investigation to a cause of a house fire that ended up because they wouldn't put it out leading to a complete and total loss. So this was what year? 2017. 2017. So what happened over the last six years that's continually put this target on your back? Just because this is my constant thing is I, people, I, I feel it's important for people to understand correct principles and to understand who the threats are that are violating these things. There are people that are in government that are pretending to be one thing. The Democrats, they're, 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 they're the wolves. And then you have the Republicans that are wolves in sheep's clothing. They're saying one thing and doing something completely different. Mm. And so because I don't just say, oh, those darn pesky Democrats, I focus on, you know, who are the people that are pretending to be one thing and doing something else? And that's a real threat to, you know, the, the power structure. You know, and, and I, again, I really admire you and, and uh, defending Utah because you guys have really for years been leading the charge and exposing the, the corruption here in Utah. And... You know, it's interesting because when I, uh, oftentimes I'll go and, and confront one of our representatives. In fact, I confronted uh, Anderegg. Um, oh my what's his first name? Jake. Jake Anderegg. Before he resigned. Before he resigned about his China ties. Um, and it was interesting because the first thing he, he said is, well, as long as you're not with defending Utah, with, with you guys. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have been out there stirring the pot here in Utah. And I just have to, you know, probably... Uh, Say, if, if, if the deep state of Utah has, has a number one enemy, um, it's got to be you guys, what you've been doing. And look, we're aspiring to catch up. <laughs> we're, we're trying to join you in the fight. Maybe not um, all your footsteps. But, <laughs> but, but um, so, no, you guys, I mean, so for those who don't know who, you know, these guys are, these guys have been doing this. How long have you guys been, when did you guys start, start with defending Utah? It's been, it's been a long time. So, yeah, I did that. We started in, back in 2013. And then, um, and then I... 
parted ways, and now I'm with, I started Tree of Liberty Tree Society. Liberty, right. And uh, so I did that, I've been doing that for about a year and a half. So yeah, well, and then, you know, so I've been looking and digging into the, basically what's going on behind the scenes uh, since uh, 2003. And so that's something I've been involved with for a long time. And, and then getting down to the local level and seeing who, and then now with Tree of Liberty, showing wherever you're at in, in the whole entire country, we've, I've been able to really get down to the science of how to find out who the, the behind the scenes, who the conspiracy is in your community. And so that's what we have with our, with my, with my two volume book invasion to help people see the Utah thing. And then to see how that infrastructure gets into the, your local community. And so um, I encourage people to, to pick up those books because it shows all of the details. It's all footnoted that, that gives the quotes that shows the documents of where this all took place and how these things have happened. And then what we can do about it, because I don't want to be the most informed person in the concentration camp. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to prevent that concentration camp from existing. Absolutely. Hold, hold up your book so yeah. that our Here's volume one and here's volume two. I mean, reverse that, volume one and two. And, and you say uh, concentration camp and people probably think, oh, well, that can never happen that here. Never happen here right. Well, they're maybe just called smart cities. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, or, yeah. so, so let's go back to where, to where you were. So your, your yeah. house mysteriously catches on fire. Yep. The fire department refuses to come out and, and put it out. They just say, well, we're just going to contain it so it doesn't go anywhere else. Yeah. What, two miles away? To and, and leading so, up to that, I've got these um, airplanes that never, I've lived there for about five, six years, never had airplanes circling. Leading up to the fire, we've got airplanes circling the property for about a week. And so you've got, you know, what appears to be some surveillance and whatnot going on. And so, and, and, and so the house burns down, we have to move out of there, and we move back into civilization. And uh, just about a year after that, my uh, daughter, who was six at the time, uh, is life flighted with a blood um, infection to primary children's. And there she's diagnosed with leukemia. And wow. so it was, it was a really heart-wrenching time. And uh, there were times where she was, uh, I wasn't sure if she was going to make it that day. And so um, as soon as she makes it, she gets better. Get her out of the hospital. Um, we're looking into, you know, some second opinions. Is this really leukemia? Was it just a leftover from the blood infection? You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, but that wasn't acceptable to primary children's. And so they send uh, CPS out to our house. And CPS wants to... Child's Protective Services. Or in Utah, DCFS. And so Xavier McLean uh, it came out to the house and wanted to... Uh, and, and basically, interrog- a, five, a six-year-old girl who just got out of the hospital wants to talk to her all by himself without us being allowed to be there. And my wife, I wasn't there. Thankfully, my wife had the presence of mind to sit, you know, p- pound sand, buddy. And this isn't going to happen. And so they don't like that when you stand up to them. And so they you know your rights. Exactly. Well, and it, it's reminiscent of Dr. Red's story in, in Blanding. You mentioned at the top of the hour, it's uh, the BLM gentleman's name. I believe it was Love. Yeah. It was like David, he had a. David uh, Love, I think. No, I think it was Richard Dan, Love. Dan, Dan Love. Dan Love. Yep. I think it was Dan Love. And he had a personal vendetta yeah. with Red. And he would not settle until there was. Until it was dead. Yeah. yeah. And, and sadly, that's in his case, what's happening. But luckily for you, you, you persevered. Yep. And so what, and so immediately he goes through a process to try and steal our daughter from us. Wow. And so he uh, issues out a, you know, a, a form that, so leading up to a, a trial where now I've got to not only hire a lawyer to defend myself, they tell me I have to pay for the uh, prosecution. I have to pay for the, uh, her daughter, you know, her lawyer basically. Where, does that, where, where do they even come up with that? Oh, it's just madness. And so, yeah, if you're a criminal, if you're a murderer, a rapist, you have due process, you have all that kind of stuff. But if, you, if the people, if the government wants to take away your child, you have zero due process. There was no presumption of innocence. It is just, you know, grab and take. 
And so um, in, in, in the uh, document that he filed with the courts, he said even never seeing her, never saw her once, ever, said that he witnessed us starving her and depriving her of, uh, of liquids, of water. And so that was their, their reason why they were going to take her away. And so we got on the radio we, on a program like this. We had a program as well and on our website. And we just blasted his phone number. We said, okay, here's, your, here's this guy's cell phone number. Everybody give him a call. Give his boss a call. And a couple days later, he gives me a call, and he's like, oh, we're dropping all the charges. We don't have any evidence against you. And so they're afraid if you stand up against them. They, they want you to be like, oh, if we just play along, this will all go away. That's not how it works. You've got to play dirty. Just, they're playing nasty. And so you've got to play dirty too. And so you've you got to kind of do that kind of stuff. And so now – to fast forward to 2000, uh, just to last week, to the 27th of November, 2023. Um, I'm at home. I'm going out uh, to, to my car to grab something. And all of a sudden, I look down the street, and I'm seeing 15, 20 SWAT team guys, guys in full-on bulletproof vests, AK, not AK-47s, that'd be hilarious, um, <laughs> <laughs> AR-15s. And uh, they're just rushing. I'm like, is there, is there something going on in the neighborhood? that Are they going to push me back in the house? And all of a sudden, he's screaming at me saying, is this, where, is this your house? Is this your house? And I'm like, you know, not going to tell him anything. And so he takes that as an admission. And um, he says, I've got a warrant to search your house. And so I'm like, what are you talking about? And so there have been books and articles that have uh, talked about um, the fact that we all commit, on average, three felonies every single day. That's, that's how big the police state is in America now. Everybody watching this, you've committed three felonies today, most likely. And so I'm like, which one of these felonies am I, are they going after me for? Because everybody does it. They can get you anytime they want to, frankly. And so it's all about, it's a matter of, you know, if they want you, not if you've done something for them to get you. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering that. And he's like, and so I'm like, what, what is the warrant for? What do, you, what do you guys think is going on? And he says, you guys are, you know, producing marijuana dab. And, you know, and, um, and I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you have a hose coming out your window, right? Like, yeah, I've got a 3D printer. It, it exhausts, you know, gets rid of the, the noxious fumes of the, of the 3D printer. And so, um, and so they want to, and so they, they search my house. Show us the video of them. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I want to, and also the photo of the, of the house. You're a real Walter White. <laughs> and so, I don't, oh, right. I've got the house burning, but I don't have the, oops, um, the FBI, the you F didn't you have that on video? Well, no. Be well, before we'll, we'll well, before we show that, I think you know you said you were outside the house. Yeah. Think about what happened this last August, and we could pull up the video for that uh, with Craig Robertson in Provo. Oh how, yeah. How differently it could oh it could have gone really bad. Why don't we pull up that video? That's just a, qu a quick clip. Unnamed sources say that Craig Robertson, the 75-year-old man in Provo, Utah, was armed at the time of the shooting. What, what, what does that mean? Was he pointing a gun at them? Did he have a gun in, I'm armed right now, I'm carrying a gun. But that doesn't mean I'm, I'm a threat to you. Was he holding the gun? Or does arm mean that he had a safe full of guns? What does that mean? And if this shooting happened inside, which I'm led to believe it is, but I cannot confirm that because they won't confirm any details, if this this shooting happened inside, why exactly did the body was the body moved to the sidewalk outside of the house and then let to sit there for hours? 
Something's very wrong here. And that's not excusing what Craig Robertson said, apparently, online. Now, one of his friends from church is uh, Travis Lee Clark. He's a Utah Valley University adjunct professor. He is a church friend, knew Craig Robertson quite well. (sighs) Boy, I hate doing these interviews. Travis, I'm so sorry for your loss, and I'm, I'm grateful that you are willing to come on the air and just... Tell us what you do know. Uh, thank you, Glenn. I just I just wanted people to know the, the Craig that I knew. Is is Craig, you didn't know anything about his social media postings, right? You didn't follow him there. No, I, I did not follow him on social media. I did not see that until uh, later in the day after I knew he was killed. Okay. Um, but I knew him. I knew he was political. He often, you know, talked about politics. He was a big Second Amendment supporter. Uh, but I had never heard him say anything like that. And he used a, a walking stick. So he was, he was not really agile. He was 300 pounds, 5'4", 75 yep. years old. So he yep. was... He, Go ahead. He could not get out of a chair without his uh, cane or walking stick. And there were a few times where I had to help him get out of a chair. And he was not a very mobile guy. He lived less than half a block away from the church. And he would drive himself and his son to church just because he really couldn't walk that distance. If you saw him and you were on an FBI interview... Would he be the kind of guy that, you know, if you only know that what he said, I've got a ghillie suit, I'm going to go up into a parking lot and I'm going to stake out the president and I'm going to shoot him with my high-powered rifle. Is is he the kind of guy that you would, of course, if the president's coming in, you would go and make sure that he's not in his ghillie suit. But would that be... A possibility or laughable if you had seen him, just seen him and not known him? Utterly, it's utterly unbelievable. It's utterly laughable. He was not very mobile. He was not very active. I I could not imagine him in a million years getting dressed up in a ghillie suit and taking up some position, (laughs) you know, as a sniper, you know, in the condition that he was. He was he was just simply not capable of of executing these threats that he made. They, I, I can't imagine anybody who knew him or met him for any length of time imagining that he was he was even physically capable of doing that. So yeah, it could it could definitely go uh, south pretty pretty fast, especially with a no-knock warrant. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. He said he had a no-knock no-knock warrant. So this is didn't have a lot of footage. I that's one thing I I need to to do is you know, I've got to find a way to be able to uh, you know, increase the security of my family. Got a lot of stuff and here. That's something that we don't have a lot of. And so this this is the video that we have of the individuals of some of the individuals that were there uh, serving the warrant. And so, what was your what did you think when you realized they were when you when you saw these guys just sitting on your home? Your kids are there. What, what was your what was going through your mind? Just how blessed I was that I wasn't inside the house when it happened. How do you think things would have been different? No-knock raid, the warrant said that they didn't have to announce themselves or why they were there. So if you have a bunch of people barging in your house, I do what I do, 
And, um, you know, I could have, as, a, as a, any father would, def- try to defend my family. Yeah. And which I could have had the same situation that happened in Provo. And what time of day was this? It's about 6 o'clock at night. So this is 6 p.m. at night. What happened in Provo, 6 o'clock in the, morning. in the morning. Yeah. So they want, obviously, times when you are Gonna off guard. And yeah, off guard. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. And so they didn't apologize. Nothing like that. It was, I mean, it was a hose. How many people are going to have some kind of a hose for different reasons coming out of the house? That's, that one thing all by itself clearly is not. And clearly they found nothing. I'm not in jail. <laughs> and so clearly it was nothing. And so follow up with that. Um, we've, uh, I had a lawyer that's been, that has actually just been somebody that I've been talking to beforehand because he's read my books and he has, you know, recognized the value that's in the books. Uh, watched the video and gave me a call and said, you know, based on what you said, this is pretty outrageous. But as a lawyer, I, I recognize that sometimes, you know, people just, they want to give themselves in the best light. And so I only get about a third of, of what actually happened. And so will you send me the warrant? And so I said, absolutely. Here's the, send him the warrant. And, um, and he, he gets back to me and he says, this warrant by itself without, and it references what's an, an affidavit, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but the, the warrant itself is, is illegal. Hmm. It was, it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. And that's just the plain reading of the Fourth Amendment. Um, and then he sent me a, um, a link to a, uh, a case from 2009 called Thomas Cassidy versus uh, Stephen George, uh, sheriff of Kit Carson County. And it basically, the warrants in both cases, my case and this case, were exactly the same, where they were very broad. It was, it was um, anything that could hide illegal substances. Anybody's, if anybody's visiting my property, now they have the, the right to, to search that person's vehicle. And so, and it was just very broad. Any, basically anything they find on the property um, that is illegal, it was, it was very broad. There was nothing specific in it. And so the lawyer says that's, that's blatantly unconstitutional. It's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. And then he says, well, how about the, uh, give me the affidavit. They, they gave you the affidavit, right? That goes along with that that shows why they believe the things that they believed. And I said, no, they didn't, they didn't give that to me. And so I called the sheriff's department and asked for it. And they're like, okay, well, what's the warrant? What's the, the, the warrant number? And what's your name? What's your birthday? And, um, and then after that, they say, oh, you're going to have to file a grammar request to get this. What? I got to do basically a, a Freedom of Information Act, right? To be able to find out the, ep- the evidence that they had against me to issue this highly illegal warrant. And it's interesting, the judge that signed the warrant, his wife, is a lawyer for CPS, I found out. Huh. And so there's a lot, you know, you have all these different connections because also the the sheriff of Utah County is somebody that I've talked about in uh, relation to the satanic ritual abuse situation and what was going on with uh, the attorney general. I mean, not the attorney, the county attorney um, uh, last Levitt, year, David Levitt. Levitt. And so you have lots of different reasons why this kind of a thing could obviously go the way that it is. Just the, the things I've been doing for years, the things specifically with them in, individually and uh, what's going on. And so you have this illegal warrant signed by, you know, approved by the sheriff, approved by this uh, this detective Mortensen, who I found out afterwards, is, has a history of uh, violent encounters with suspects. Uh, one news story I played uh, showed him actually, after finding out that the person that they were beating wasn't the person they were looking for, continued to beat him anyways. And so, with all of that information, you can just see easily how south it could have gone really fast. 
You know, I'm glad you brought up the the Church of Satan stuff that we, we did a pretty extensive dive into a uh, two-part series. And one of the things we brought up in that episode is this isn't just, you know, certain church members or right. community leaders. This is also the judici- judicial system. It's, it couldn't happen without them. It's cops, it's judges. And it, you when you realize just how deep the web goes and how interconnected it is, I mean, not to say that everybody is bad, but right. there, there are cogs in that that system at every single level and probably from even an administrative level. Yep. Yeah, I mean, look at David Levitt. He gets accused of it, and the other guy that gets accused of it gets charged, but David Levitt gets to go off to Scotland and buy a castle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just crazy. And, um, and then it was actually two weeks before he died, I was able to interview um, uh, Bishop Glenn Pace of the Glenn Pace memo. And so, I mean... Just a lot of history with with that, and so it's 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 real stuff. It absolutely is. So, who? Why do you think this happened? Who's behind this? I I can't. You know, I mean, it, I mean, you, it, it, it if, anyone, if anyone, if yeah, if anyone understands the deep state of Utah, it, it's it's you. Um, who do you think? Is there anyone you think feels threatened or anyone who could be behind this? Or, or why do you think that these guys are threatened? Why, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, you've got to have put some thought into, into why this happened and, and, and what's going on. Well, let me reshape that question. Yeah. <laughs> do you think there are people, maybe not necessarily known people, behind some that might even not be known names that could be puppeteers? for? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I don't think there's definitely a head of this dragon oh, yeah. of the corruption in the state. And whether you say it's the governor or the it's judges. It's definitely not the people <laughs> we, it's probably, it's definitely not the people. Nobody you've heard of, guaranteed. Yes, yeah, it's behind the scenes who put those people there to, to do their exactly. work. Exactly. So I don't think maybe necessarily we're looking for names mm-hmm. because that we're not judging jury Possibly. here. Okay, maybe Jason's <laughs> if, if, I mean, look, <laughs> if, if you know you've been going after someone or something or you've been sniffing down some wrong trails, I mean, I know there's certain things we've done that are, that are putting us in more in a, you know, spot where where we could see retaliation, but we, yeah. But yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, worst case scenario for us, they just accuse us of soft core porn. So they, we, <laughs> they, they've done that. Let that be the worst. So, oh my goodness. So, especially with the books and what I've been doing with explaining how the the international conspiracy, the Council on Foreign Relations, that kind of stuff. You know, why, why is Governor Caillou doing the fifteen minute cities agenda twenty thirty? That kind of stuff. You know, he's not at the U.N. We don't have U.N. troops marching down the street and yeah. enforcing this stuff uh, down, down our throats because our leaders, state and local leaders, are turning us over to them. They're a part of it. And so showing how the Council on Foreign Relations, they meet every month at the Alta Club in Salt Lake City. And so I've exposed that. And uh, so you have the international conspiracy, you know, talking about that with Skull and Bones in the state of Utah. Expose that and, and have names and lists of many, many members of Skull and Bones in you, Utah. Will you, will you kind of draw and hit, hit on that a little bit? Because I found that was something you, uh, you, I learned from you, you know, several years ago is that I always knew about Skull and Bones out in, uh, was it Oxford? Yale. 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 Uh, and then you said there's one other place that has Skull and Bones. What, what did you, will you share it with that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, at the, so the other location that we found, and it's very much, it's directly connected to, uh, you know, to, to Yale, is the University of Utah. In 1909, a, uh, a Yale alumni, member of Skull and Bones, came to Utah and formed a chapter at the University of Utah with, of course, approval from the uh, administration at the university and continues. And, um, and so it's, they have, uh, through all of the records that we've been able to find, it shows that they have uh, the initiations, they, they treat it as it's a religion, you know, that kind of stuff. They have the same 
structure and setup and as the one in Yale because well, it was, it's Yale sent it here to be created. It's not a different club where they do different things. They should be thought of as a synonymous organization with just different, you know, chapters. And we have a lot of people who are kind of new to all, all these things yeah. with our listeners, which I appreciate. Uh, some, some of them may not know what Skull and Bones is. Would you kind of give an overview of what that is? Yeah. Why that matters? <laughs> I know we're kind of, I know we're kind of going down, but this is yeah, really, no, no, but this is important. why I think that to me, this it's is why, you know, you're, you have been at the forefront of exposing this corruption and, and, and again, this is the, co- and there's a the cost that's coming with it. And I think it's clear they're trying to intimidate you yeah. and, and get you to go home and, and be quiet you. and Absolutely. silence you. So what is it? Yeah, so I want to hear some of these things so that our listeners can understand why, you know, the, why you are a threat to the Utah establishment. Yeah, so the Skull and Bones is a university organization where it's an honor society where they try to go after the people they see are going to be the, the up-and-coming, brightest people that they want to recruit to the internationalist agenda. And so they, 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 what they, they refer is tap them and re, re, uh, urge them to, to become um, a member of the Skull and Bones. And um, they are engaged in horrible behavior. Um, in, in, in one of the depictions of one of the initiations where they uh, lie naked in a coffin and uh, they do bad things to Isn't themselves, someone else self-abuse themselves, and then they have somebody else in there where they confess their, their sins and they are sworn to secrecy and they're given um, a large chunk of money and other symbolic things and, uh, and to ensure that they, if they're ever in a situation where they would sell their secrets, you know, to make sure that they have blackmail, they, they, they have something on them. I think the Bushes have been through yeah, or part of that. Well, in, in 2004, when, here's in my book, we have uh, them dressed up in there. This is at the Creepy. University of Utah. This, well, isn't, this isn't Yale. This wow. is the University of Utah. Creepy. And so, and then this is the, uh, the letter. Uh, turn, that, turn for a camera. Yeah. And then right here we have the letter that the uh, the seal with the skull and bones three two two, wax seal on it, uh, that they're where they receive their invitation uh, to join, and so as bad you have that kind of there's been video that's leaked that shows that they are doing mock uh, human sacrifices they're they're pretending to kill people as a part of the initiation at the University of Utah one of the individuals it's reported in the news uh, went insane because of the initiation and they did damage throughout the town. And the University of Utah president had to call the police to say that they would take care of the damages that were caused by this guy that went insane, temporarily insane, uh, because of that. And, and so, so these are some really probably some of the most influential oh, members of oh, society. Society at both Yale and University of Utah. You have um, in 2004 both presidential candidates. This is not that's what we got to learn, right? This is not Republican versus Democrat. Right. Uh, you had Bush and Kerry, who were both. Skull and Bones members in college, and they were the nominees. And when they were asked on Meet the Press about their association with Skull and Bones, they both said, it's so secret, I can't tell you anything about it. You were both in Skull and Bones, the secret society. It's so secret, we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? The conspiracy theorists are going to go on. I'm sure they are. I don't know. I haven't seen the website. Number 322? First of all, he's not the nominee. And, uh, but... uh, Look, I look for. Are you prepared to lose? No, I'm not going to lose. You both were members of Skull and Bones, a secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, not much, because it's a secret. <laughs> Is there a secret handshake? Is there a secret code? 
I wish there were something secret I could manifest. 322, a secret number? Uh, there are all kinds of secrets, Tim, but one thing is not a secret. I disagree with this president's direction that he's taking the country. We can do a better job, and I intend to do it. And so, and, and then, you know, interestingly enough, just a few months after that, uh, Tim Russert dies. And so, you know, I don't know if it was connected or, or whatnot, but it's interesting. And uh, just, you know, we, you have the most powerful people in academia, in business, and in politics, and they get placed into positions of power. And that very, since the very beginning when they were founded, uh, where they had, um, it was the Russell Trust, and you had, um, they were founded in, it was, Russell went to Germany and came back when he went to Yale, and he formed the Skull and Bones at Yale as a chapter of the uh, Tutenboom, the, the order of death in Germany. So is this tied to Church of Satan or it just kind of follows a similar path? Yeah, well, so it's, it's, a, it's this, right, this hydra beast where you have this head where Satan's at the head and then you have all these tentacles. And so if you discover one of them and you cut it off, you think you took care of it, you cut off the CFR, you're like, no, 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 we've got the, you know, we've got the Church of Satan, you've got Skull and Bones, you've got the Bohemian Grove, you've got you know, all these different types of situations going the on the club yeah the health club on the local level because it all feeds right through there that's the international conspiracy feeds through the alta club uh, to be able to infiltrate in utah and that's how it is in, in every state there is a club like the alta club in every state where everything is really funneled through on the national level and the biggest threat to these groups is truth tellers people the shining the light and up until probably pretty recently you've had very very few people actually with the podium oh yeah well, I, I think until, you know, not to toot my own horn, but until started, I started to do the research and to be able to start to expose it, we thought we were the most conservative state in the country. We were right. the most managed state in the country. You know, all these different talking points that you hear because our, our legislature, it's all Republican, you know. All, all go it, to the same church. We all go to the same church. We all, you know, the, the, the governor is a, 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 is a farm boy and all this kind of stuff. And so we, we think that because they say something, they say constitution, they say founding fathers, that that's what they mean. And so we are very trusting in Utah, and we think that what people say is what they mean. But these people are evil, and so they'll lie. They'll tell you what they think you want to hear, and so that you trust them to do the right thing. And so, like, when, you know, we'll expose what's going on, and they'll just deny it, and they'll say, oh, those guys are, are kooks. But when people will be like, it's like, first of all, who do you trust? And then you say, okay, don't trust me. What did I say? I said this, and can you, can you read that in the bill? Is this what they said? You know, that kind of a stuff. And so it starts to make them lose credibility. And that's what Governor Caillou Cox said um, was the biggest threat, was this uh, people were undermining the institutions. And that is a threat to them because they are illegitimate. They have violated their oaths of office. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about their oaths. And they're dedicated towards building the New World Order. And so as soon as we start to realize that, you know, these guys... I'm supposed to listen to a guy that's laying in a coffin naked with another man and tell me how to, that I'm supposed to wear a mask and what my kids are supposed to learn. It becomes laughable. And so I'm glad. I hope I'm undermining this structure because everybody, in, and, and so they depend on us treating them as legitimate. As soon as we recognize their illegitimacy, they've lost power and we're able to gain control again. I mean, it's, it's the principle of truth. It's the principle of the emperor who wears no clothes. Exactly. It's it's when enough people call him out that Governor he him is 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 a fraud is you know is is a globalist puppet when enough people see it his power is undone exactly so ahead, here, here's where the interesting shift is I think over the last few years you go from being the lone man on the hill 
to, to, to speaking the truth and, oh, he's just a crazed, you know, yeah. conspiracy theorist, to now being inundated with truth, whether it's on a national level or certain podcasts in the States. Uh, and in general, the, the war on truth has shifted. Mm-hmm. Now they're so brazen, you know, it's, it's not even like let's hide it anymore. Instead, let's normalize it. So take right. uh, ho- uh, homosexual relationships. It, where it was, you know, back in the 80s and the AIDS uh, epidemic, it was like, oh, you just don't touch that. You know, you just avoid it. And now it's become so normalized. Celebrated. Celebrated. And I but think... they're allowed to now give their blood to the Red Cross. Right. Without being tested, yeah. Right. And so I think that was... We're in this really dangerous territory now that not only are we normalizing it, but we're celebrating it. And where I think that's heading and why it's heading there in part is because of these rituals that yeah. some of these influential people have. So they have this... Uh, these honey pots or, or the blackmail they have on yeah. them. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I was in a coffin with another man, but now that's a good thing because I was being You'll accepted. You'll not have anything over them. Well, yeah. but, no, but no, and so now they have to find, which is why it used to start off the initiations of homosexuality, normalized sexua- homosexuality. Now all of a sudden they're out, they're out in the clear because now if they get busted, it's not so bad. So what do they do now? And then they go <laughs> to... to Pedophilia. Uh, you know, yeah. And it's been pedophilia or, I mean, the darker, even your darker things they're doing now. So things that, that if they ever are exposed, if they're ever exposed, they would, they would never allow that to happen. So they keep their mouth shut. Well, I mean, this is what's crazy. We're in Utah. Yeah. This is like LDS, you know, for, for the most part, you know, very dominant. And, the, and the, the one of the single biggest themes in the Book of Mormon is secret combinations. 100%. And it's like the one state that should be aware of it. It's like this is one of... Is, Probably has the worst secret combinations in the in the country here. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we, as a uh, as a general rule, they think it's the Bloods and the Crips, you know, your your gangs or the mafia, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Not recognizing, no, they took over the judgment seats. They took over the positions of government. You don't really have power. Even the mafia learned that you have to go legitimate to be able to make money and do what you're continue what they want to do. And so, yeah, the biggest crime syndicate conspiracy in this in the state and in the country is this globalist conspiracy, 100%. And so, but thankfully, right, is that some of these things are becoming normalized, but still the satanic ritual abuse, doing these rituals at the Bohemian Grove, doing these things at Skull and Bones, those are still taboo, thankfully. And so um, we, they need to be exposed before these things become normalized as well, because this, they have to lose their legitimacy. We have to stop treating them as, as legitimate and as serious, and that they should be somebody that should be listened to. We should laugh at them every time that they say something. Yeah, I mean, you look so, at transgenderism, sorry to interrupt, baby. Uh, back in, you know, just a few years ago, it was, you know, almost comedic to go to a drag show. Right. And now, I mean, I don't think it'd be too far-fetched to say Michelle or Michael Obama announces a presidency and mm-hmm. we should be glorifying her, him, whatever, you know, if they do decide to run for president. So we're living in such an upside down world. And I think ultimately it's a war on truth. Absolutely. So I want to get to the, have you give a chance to finish wrapping up what's happened to you and where things are. And then I would like to, to me, I is, and then I want to talk, then I want to, I want to summarize it and talk about what this means. What does this mean? Mm -hmm. So go ahead. So they, 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 the FBI, not the FBI, it was the Sheriff's Department. Okay, Sheriff's Department, thank you. That was at Mike Smith's at Utah County? That's Utah County, yep. And so uh, they do the raid, they, they find nothing, they have to leave, and that's, that's you know, and so now I'm, I'm trying to do the, the, the wrap-up, trying to figure out w- what is the supposed evidence, because the only thing he would tell me, because it's not listed in the warrant, 
They don't list any evidence in the warrant. It's just what they, he's like, I am satisfied that there is a probable cause to believe, yada, yada, yada. <coughs> and so um, what, what is it that they had probable cause? Are we all, you know, subject to a no-knock warrant simply because we have a hose coming out of our window? Or, or, of course, you know, is there something more to it than that? I would say, I think it's pretty clear there's more to it than that is that they are trying to silence individuals. And so they can't silence us all. So my hope is that this doesn't scare you into shutting up, that this gives you the courage to stand up with me and so that they, because they can't shut us all up. That's, that's the key is, is we need to, all of us, to be able to stand up and not allow this kind of stuff to continue. They can't go after all of us. If we're all standing up and exposing them, then they're, then, they're, then they're exposed. They can't go after and silence um, people on their, on their own. And so um, that's something that I'm working on uh, to be able to, to, to put the light on, on that, especially to prove, you know, we, we've got a lot of circumstantial evidence that shows there's a pattern of abuse to somebody that is exposing them and standing up to them. Now we need to show, because now they're making me file a Freedom of Information Act request to even get the evidence that they supposedly had against me, <coughs> which is proven beyond a doubt that they never had. And so, and then in the future, this is something that I expect to continue on. And so with the fire, we had to start over. We didn't have insurance, had to start completely from scratch, haven't been able to, to really get back a lot of that stuff. And so being able to find, to be able to have people, you know, reach out and, and help with um, being able to add uh, security to my, you know, to lo locations, that kind of stuff. So that way we don't just have one short video that we're able to get, but we have video and audio from all angles, that kind of stuff. Uh, more of an ability. All of my guns were destroyed during the fire. And so an ability to be able to defend my family. And so if, if people want to be able to, to kind of reach out to me and help out with that, go to treeoflibertysociety.com and become a member, uh, drop a few bucks in the, in, in the cup to be able to, to help me to be able to do that as a way to be able to not only better protect my family, but to be able to provide more video and audio evidence of abuse when it happens, because I don't, this is not going to be the last of it. I, I, I'm sure of it. So what, um, what mess, what concerns you most about what you've been through and, and the experience you've had here? It's one of those things I, you know, I say that if you, are not already in a government watch list, you should be. Because it concerns me that there aren't more people waking up and recognizing. There are a lot of people waking up, I agree, but there's so much muddying of the water. I think they do an effective job at kind of making things just, everything's equal, you know, this is happening, you know. This is, we need to have more people recognize what's going on and, and, and be willing to call it out. And not to say, oh, all you got to do is, is sue. Well, I'm going to go to a guy that violated my rights, and I'm going to ask him if he violated my rights. That's, that's laughable. They laugh at you when you do that kind of a thing. And so we just need more people to see what's going on and then to take appropriate action uh, to do that. We, don't, we can't be just, you know, hearers only. We've got to be doers. And so, you know, I talk about info junkies, people that just reach out and say, what's, what's the newest, latest thing that's going on? We're like, oh, well, that already happened. So, so what? It's still there. We can't just be looking for the latest and greatest rumor or dirty news that's going on. This isn't a soap opera. This isn't a game that we're playing. This is real stuff. And so when we are out there, it's important to learn. I don't want to poo-poo learning. But once we've learned something, it's not just about gaining more and more knowledge. It's taking that knowledge and then acting upon it. And so I, I, I'm hoping that more people 
become doers of the word instead of just consumers and junkies just looking for their next information hit. So I'm, I'm really, uh, I have a very fortunate opportunity in my life because besides, you know, when I'm doing this, what do you for actually my full-time work is I actually do legislative research. And mostly what does that mean? It means I'm talking to business owners all day long about politics. And, is, you know, essentially because I had an incredible lady today, just, uh, just uh, loves the country, I'm terrified about what's going on. She's got grandkids, terrified about where we're heading, and, and, um, but also afraid to speak up. Afraid of of being of retaliation. Afraid of, for example, what happened to you. Yeah. Um, what would you tell this lady? What would you tell some of our listeners who, who say, boy, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, I don't want that to happen to me. Like, I, I don't want to get. Like, I see other stuff. I don't want to be the loud voice. I don't want to be the first one. You know, it's. I don't want them to have the F, the IRS or you know to target me. What would what, what message would you have to, for some of these people? The Apostle Paul says that if we are living a life in Christ Jesus, we shall receive persecution. And so I, ask, I would ask you that if you're afraid of that, are you afraid of your testimony of Christ? Or are you willing to stand up for the cause that he fought for and that you fought for to get yourself a body in the first place? Because that is something that we're responsible to stand up for now. And are we going to be willing and proud of or pleased with the efforts that we need to report to our Savior on the other side? Or are we going to be able to just bow ourselves and, and say that we were too afraid? that we weren't willing to pay the price to get liberty to, to, that we fought for before we, we came here. And that we, we just need to have that, you know, our lives are, there's something worse than death. And that is standing before my Savior saying, I could have done more and was too scared to. I, I think we need to get over ourselves and just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not be... People, and I hate this, is like, they'll say that you're, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not brave. There's just no other option. I don't, I don't see, I don't understand that mindset. It just, it's something that escapes, it's mind-boggling to me that people would, would have that mindset. You just have to do the right thing. I don't, it, anything other than that is just, to me, I, I, I don't know what I say, I'm repeating myself. It's just so mind-boggling to me. Wow. Alexi, what are your final thoughts? You know, I think of what we're seeing just this last year in news, what's going on in Israel, what's going on at the border. I mean, we've had shows, like you mentioned, with Michael Yan, and, and what is coming, and probably likely next year in 2024, it's going to be a really interesting year and an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> and we can normalize all the things that we were talking about earlier, yeah. homosexuality, pedophilia. Yeah. But I think the one thing that we can't normalize is staying silent. And whatever that means for people, whether it's showing up at, at meetings or sharing content, we need to be voices because the one thing that we can't accept is this breakdown of society because there's no understanding of what's good and what's bad because everything is inverted. Yeah. Good is bad, right is wrong. You know, we're one step away from something being activated here. And it's not going to be by... <laughs> people who are speaking up. Those are the people, these are the Paul Revere's that are trying to warn people of what's coming. Yeah. We're not the violent terrorists that they make us out to be. Uh, so I think the one thing that we should all know from your example, and hopefully from our example, is just don't stay quiet, whether it means speaking to your neighbors yeah. or doing your own type of research to figure out what truth is. I think we all need to have that courage. I was talking to a businessman a few months ago and and he, he likes everything that, that I do, and he likes what we're doing at Tree of Liberty Society, and he's like, I, I want to support you, but I, I can't. 
because I'm afraid that if they see that I donated, you know, to the, in, the, in the bank account or the credit card statement that I donated to you, that they're going to go after me. And so you, you, we have this, this problem where it's difficult. Like you said, to, to, to do a program like this, it, it costs resources. To do what I do, it costs resources. And, but we're not, allowed, we, we're not able to do what we'd like to do because of people are too afraid to stand up and help those that are doing it. And so I would also hope that those that, you know, not only maybe, maybe these things didn't happen to you, maybe you didn't do the research to be able to expose it on your own, but you're in a position to be brave by supporting the efforts of those that are, like myself, that are able to do those things. And so I, I would hope that would be something that people showed their, their bravery through. And because if we don't, if everybody's too scared to help out because they're afraid of going being gone after next, that means nobody's left to sound the alarm. And that's scary. That's scary as could be. 100%. And you said, you said a lot that really stuck out to me today. I really appreciate you being here. Um, but, you know, you, you talked about the information junkie. Um, and t- to me, you know, information warfare is the tip of the spear. Mm-hmm. And, and I really value our, our, our listeners, our viewers. Um, it's the same, right? The people yeah, watching our stuff, watching absolutely. your stuff. It's, 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 it is the people who care about freedom. And I, and I really value, just appreciate those people who, who invest in understanding what is going on. But, but there is a flip side of that. Um, knowledge, not with, with knowledge, you leave neutral ground. And because once you have, you are aware of something, you now carry a responsibility to do something about it. Exactly. Uh, you know, people who are walking down the street like zombies who are asleep, who think all is well in Zion, that this is just a great state and there's no problems. Cox is a great guy and this is happy, go lucky. And Like and we were when we came here. <laughs> to a degree. I mean, we, at least we knew there was corruption in America. Yeah. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, the weight of saving this country is not on them. They're not being held accountable because they don't have the knowledge. Right. The people who are held, who will be held accountable is those who know better and, and choose to not do anything with it. And one of the things we get people in our comments and our, you know, on yeah. YouTube and on, on Instagram is, is, Oh, you show this, but what do we do? What do we do? And, and, and the answer is this is one, you, whether it's financial support, but two is you've God's been given you a voice too. Yes, yeah, so absolutely. God has given you a circle of influence whether that's just over your immediate family or, or whether you've chosen to invest in, in your ability to articulate and invest in your ability to grow that influence beyond into friends and neighbors and neighborhoods. You can share this content. You can stand up. You can live, not live in fear, but, but you can help fight back. And the fact of the matter is, you know, if, if we don't pay that price, whatever price it is to stand up and fight against this deep state, that dragon is only getting bigger. The Church of Satan, the, you know, the satanic rituals going on here in Utah that were started getting exposed in the 80s and the 90s, it has gotten, it has not gotten smaller, it has gotten bigger. Why? Because people didn't want to deal with it. Yep. And because we've not dealt with it, how many kids have been abused, murdered? How much more power will Cox and, the, and, this, and Utah's deep state get if we choose to say to do nothing? And so the neat thing to our listeners is you're not powerless. I mean, I'll tell you, yeah. who are we? Nobody. We're all just individuals. He wasn't born with like some, you know, God just set him up and, and now here's what you're going to do. No, he invested little by little. He started started with his influence, maybe doing a, po- a podcast here or a podcast there, talking to his friends. But when when God gives you the ability to speak up and you take it, he, get, he will expand those gifts and give you more. And I would just challenge everybody, look, study what happened in the Soviet Union. 
when the, you know one of the things if you read the um, the Gulag Archipelago, one of the things Alexander Schultznitz talks about is when they came for people, people just stayed quiet. Yep. They 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 didn't scream out. They didn't yell. You know the FBI. You know the, 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 he has been he was targeted by the sheriff's department. You know, look what happened to the guy in Utah County. I mean, look what happened to Reds. We could go through case after case after case. And the fact matters, they're going after school board mothers. This government is has has been hijacked by enemies of the Constitution. They are opening our borders. We are we are being invaded. They are destroying our dollar. They are setting our nation on fire. They are creating the contention. They are the puppeteer that's putting us at war with each other. Our government has become the enemy. And at what point do we realize we're in trouble if we don't start doing something. If, if this happens and we all sit quiet and we say this is, and, we, and we don't talk about it because we're afraid of the consequences, at some point it will come for you. And if it doesn't come for you because you're a coward, it will come for your children. This is our fight. This is your fight. We're here for this reason. And, you know, I, Ben, I just want to say God bless you for standing up, Thank for you. having the courage to call evil out at all costs and to keep fighting. And I'll tell you, we will keep supporting him. I, I want to thank you for being on our Thank show. You. I want to thank you for everything you've done to expose. And, and if you have, and please, I encourage our listeners, uh, you know, Tree of Liberty, check it out. What's the website? TreeofLibertySociety.com. Something along the lines that you just said, I don't mean to drag this any longer, but who, who am I? Nobody. Literally, I, I, have, I stutter. You know, I, I failed English. And now I'm writing articles and speaking. And so no matter what your failings are, turn those around. Use them anyways, because once we have been warned, we have a duty to warn our neighbor. We're going to be held accountable for what we know and don't share. Amen. Babe, it looks like you're trying to find something I'm here. I'm hoping it's the right one because I'm having some different ones. It's a famous, I want to say it was a poem from World War II. It's just like they came for the, uh, yes. yeah. uh, what is it? Came for, they came for the so-and-so and I did nothing. Then Are, they came for so-and-so. And they yeah. Thank you. Do you. Would you like to read it? No, I don't have it in front of me. You're the one. <laughs> do, you, do you have it memorized? I don't. There's a few variations. It's there like, first few. they came for them and I did nothing. Then yeah. they came well, for them. I'll read you the uh, one read, that I read pulled what up you got. For, for closing thoughts. Yeah. First they came for the communists and I did not speak out because I was not communist. Then they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came out for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. Yeah. Thank you, babe. So, again, and I know we say it a lot, but it's true. This is ground zero. And while you see the greatest corruption here, that it blows our minds how corrupt this state is. This is one of the most corrupt states in the country. There is also the correlating warriors God put here. And the fact of the matter is we know God wins. And that means those warriors there now. It's us. It's you. And, you know, God didn't send his second string to fight this fight. He sent his first, his first string, and that's you guys watching this. So, you know, thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. And uh, let's freaking go to war. This is why we're here. So get out and fight. with the pen. <laughs> pen is mighty in the sword. Information warfare. Information warfare. That is, the, the pen is mighty in the sword. It is a war for the minds of men. It is warfare. So get out and go to war. Yeah. God bless you. God bless America. And God bless Utah. <laughs> <laughs>